amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the FCB Podcast Network. Great faces when they drop jaw. Food chain says top dog. We don't listen to y'all. This the outlaw. We don't listen to y'all. This Make them scream out loud like a sound dog. Cause a rug is in the crowd like a foul ball. Tune in to the charge for the outlaws. Tune in to the charge for the outlaws. Welcome to the outlaws. This is Darvio the King Ben Morrow alongside Robin O'Malley and Dante Bry. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the outlaws radio. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the outlaws radio. Dante, how you doing, sir? I am doing very well, very well. I'm excited for this interview we got coming up. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy it's Friday. Good to be back. Um, just a crazy week. So, I'm, you know, all things considered, man, we we doing well. Yeah, and uh, I hear that you're ready to go for your hot takes. This, uh, <laughs> this man, episode. I'm Jack. Man, I, I'm so fired up, man. I, I just, I've been stewing on this for the longest ever since, you know, some of this news has been surfacing. <laughs> And I'm just like, I don't understand how, you know, certain politicians in our city can just like not get it. <laughs> Guys, this is a this is a very big deal. You need to you need to b- buckle up. And you have willing participants. No, let's just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> over here to know Stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned for Dante Patek later on in the show. Miss O'Malley. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm cool. Uh, I am getting over a cold that my daughter decided to give me, and I also am healing from a double root canal yesterday. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God! I didn't know that. Yeah. Ooh. So that yeah, ha- how are you? How are you able to talk? Oh my God! <laughs> Your face I, probably swollen. It it's actually not, um, but. You know, I've actually been in bed just laying down, resting all day. I did have a horrible, horrible headache. And it's like, I'm like, I've been starving, but I'm like, God, I want to eat, but I can't eat. All right. How long but, is your, uh, what are you on a liquid diet or something? Well, I just ate, but like yesterday, like right after, like last night, I couldn't really eat. I actually made like, kind of like how Panera does it, like the bread bowl soup. So I got the the bowls and I went and bought the soup from BJ's yesterday and made some bread bowl soup and stuff like that. But it's like, it wasn't enough. I'm like, I'm starving. So I finally (laughs) was able to eat today, like more. Oh man, that is (laughs) like, that is the worst. It it is two things on your body. Like you don't want your stomach to hurt or your mouth yeah. Oh, those are the, those two things are the absolute and worst. I will tell you that that dentist he had no mercy on. Oh. <laughs> I like so badly wanted to grab his hand and shove him away, <laughs> and I had to squeeze the headband that I had, like the the earmuffed headband kind of thing. I was squeezing yeah. it like because otherwise I definitely would have um, pushed him because. <laughs> It was they a ghetto you... dentist, you guys. It was very <laughs> <laughs> the whole dentistry, all of them ghetto. Um, no, they numbed me really well, and he was like, "Do you feel like you need to be numbed more?" I'm like, "Yes, please." Like, because I can feel this, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he's like, 
And then he, he, you know, where they they pull it, where they're lifting it up and pulling the tooth up. And the dude, like, he hit my top teeth with the thing that he was trying to pull the bottom teeth up with. He hit my top teeth on accident, like, kind of hard. When he, like, you know, when you're pulling on something and your hand pulls uh, and it accidentally hits something. Oh, man. And I just wanted to be like, you mother, like, I couldn't speak, though. Couldn't speak because... Yeah, and I think that I might have turned pale when they did it because the lady, she kept asking me, she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm just sitting there staring at her like, yo, I feel like I'm about to pass out right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. That's, that's, a, that's an awful experience, man. And I didn't even know. We had a whole conversation on the phone earlier today. <laughs> yeah, that's because, you know what, I actually just took some ibuprofen like a, maybe probably like an hour or so before that. Yeah, because you sound you sounded normal then, you sound normal now, but that's oh man, I, I feel for you there, girl. That's oof. yeah, you know, living life. Other than that, just been working, you know. Except yesterday, <laughs> called off. <laughs> right, right, of course. <laughs> All right, we have a very special interview that we're going to get to right now. All right, we have a very special guest. On the show today, he is running for Congress. Chris, Chris Bandwig, welcome to the show. How you doing, sir? I am doing great, Darvio, and thank you to you and Dante for having me on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. So first, before we get into um, your run for Congress, talk a little bit about um, your background, what you were doing with the worlds that you were in before you entered into politics. Yeah, that's a it's a great question. And I'll I'll say that most of your listeners have probably never heard the name Banwig before. And in truth, uh, that's because there are only six Banwigs in the United States and five of them live in my house. Uh, my dad lives outside of Chicago and my my family came here. My grandfather at the end of World War II, escaping a communist prison camp in Yugoslavia, made his way to Austria to meet up with his fiance. They had that married, had my dad there, and they applied for refugee status in the United States. They were there a couple of years, were granted status, and then they came over here and started life in Stowe in Summit County out of three wooden boxes. So growing up with um, those stories and, and that family, like my, my grandfather, for example, he escaped the starvation at work camp, but he didn't just escape the one time. He used to escape regularly to bring back food for the other prisoners. So you don't grow up around folks like that and not feel that responsibility to do hard things for other people. So for me, that led to, um, one, truly appreciating what this nation offers to the people that live here. So I, I was able to pursue... Um, business as a part of my life. I've had parts or holes of small business. I've worked at Fortune 500 companies at executive levels and have really been able to enjoy that success since my grandfather started here working in a tire mold factory. Um, but at the same time, I valued this country and what we stand for enough that I joined the Marine Corps and I've spent the last just about 24 years serving both active and reserve in the Marine Corps. Uh, just this past week, had my promotion ceremony to uh, the rank of colonel. Now, most, if not, uh, well, most of my time in the Marine Corps has been overseas, helping to stabilize other governments, nations um, in combat zones and conducting counterinsurgency to get rid of the forces that would undermine a government. So I, I can tell you, Dario, that when I came back here in uh, 2000. 18, 2019, and I saw what was happening in our country, it disturbed me a great deal. Having had, you know, 20 years of trying to manage other destabilized, dangerous countries, seeing those same things happen here in the United States was very disturbing. So that that's a bit of my background. After three combat tours in the counterinsurgency and government stabilization, um, I could tell we were on a, a bad path here. So uh, let's talk a little bit uh, more about that because you're a serious person doing serious work and now you're in the wacky world of politics. What what made you decide 
to come into this cesspool and try to make a difference? Well, you know, it was not um, not something I aspired to in truth. And politics is not something I am drawn into. But in that background of seeing the struggle of our nation, it I think opened my eyes up to it a little. And I was approached by one of our um, state leaders and asked to run for the position. Now, to your point, I said, no, um, I'm not a politician. I don't want to be involved in this. And they asked me to think about it and pray about it because they were feeling as though my skills might be a benefit to our nation here in the political realm, being an elected official. So I went back to my family and I said, hey, you know, was asked to run for this. I was asked to think about it and pray about it. I wanted to see what you think. And they, uh, my wife and my kids all said, no, you know, you've been gone too long kids going into high school, we really want you around. I said, well, you know, we need to consider it, pray about it, think about it. It's not an aspiration of mine, but if it is a calling to serve, if this is God working in our lives, we need to be obedient. We need to answer it. And so they took it away and they were thinking about it, praying about it. And I was surprised that my kids actually came back and said, hey, you need to do this. When, uh, when we look at the world and we know what you can do, we want you to try to help fix this. And I said, okay, well, we'll start the process. I don't know how to do it, but we'll figure it out. Right, right. So uh, we're talking with Chris Banwet, who's running for uh, Congress. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your district. Uh, first, for people who don't know, um, what is your district? Talk a little bit about what's in your district. No, very good question. And because of all the redistricting, it's hard to keep up. But I am in District 13, and that will be Summit County, all of Summit County, the top half of Stark County, and a little piece of Portage County, which includes Mogador and Western Suffield Township. Um, it is, it, it's an interesting district in that it's a 50-50 district, meaning 50% Democrat, 50% Republican. So it is a toss-up district. Um, currently held by a Democrat representative, and I'll be running, as you know, as a Republican. Um, it is the kind of place where hard work and connecting with the people can make a difference. It's a diverse district. We've got some rural, a lot of suburban, and even a little bit of urban. Um, when you think about Akron, there are a lot of different people with a lot of different priorities in this district. Right. Absolutely. So and speaking of that, um, your district is very competitive politically. It's actually one of the most um, competitive in the state, um, which means in order for you to win in, in November, not only are you going to have to be, of course, talking to Republicans, but you're going to have to talk to independents and Democrats as well. What is your message, um, your unifying message to uh, the diverse the people with diverse political views in your district? No, you, you're absolutely right. And uh, when I think about that 50-50 district, it is, as a Republican, you're going to have to be able to um, appeal to all the Republicans, right? And then you're going to have to win a majority of independents and moderates. And the message for me from the beginning, when I said, yeah, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it right. We're not going to be the polarizing effect you see in the world of just narratives. For me, this is all about the American working family. And we need to get our policies prioritized back to what benefits the people that live in this nation. And what I mean by that is our communities, our neighborhoods, the families that live there need to be able to work a job that can provide for their family. They need to feel safe in the neighborhood that they live in. And that goes across all neighborhoods. They need to feel like the justice system is there to protect them from persecution or wrong and isn't there as a weaponized system to punish them for their political ideas. To me, it's about getting away from these fringe divisive ideas and focusing not just the message, but the actual effort of the position on the 80% of things that we all agree on, right? The things where we can make an impact. And I, I know 
you know, I, I'm not ignorant to the fact that we're very divided right now as a nation. And I've seen that in many of the nations that I've been to. I've seen a lot of the challenges we're going through right now live, live out in other countries. So I have to, and anyone in this position is going to have to navigate that professionally and set the example of where we want to go in the way that I behave. So it, it's got to be a message about the American working family, and it's got to be lived out in everything that I do. We're talking with Chris Van Weg, who's running for uh, Congress. Dante, go right in. Hey, Chris. And I, I just wanted to circle back really quick to um, when you were deciding to get into the race. Was there a specific issue um, that you were approached about that that people thought you would have had a, a specific area of expertise or was there a specific issue that kind of pushed you over the top to make you think about it? Because I know you, you said you were uh, hesitant in the beginning and flat out rejected it in the beginning. So I was just wondering if there was this, something specific that you saw within our country or within the district that made you say, you know what, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta think about this a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple of things that have been weighing on me and, uh, just not knowing what I could do about it as an individual. I certainly didn't think politics would be the way. Um, I do serve and on Hudson's city council as an at-large member. And what got me into that was with my civil affairs background, it's a lot about how to make communities work, economic development, the governance and legislative process, uh, how to help people find solutions, right? So when I was approached, part of what tipped me over is it might be unique for me is one, that background, we need in Northeast Ohio economic development. I've, and I've been doing that in the nations that I've been to from microeconomics and bread shops to you know produce in river valleys, right? And then connecting that through infrastructure in the region to increase trade and really develop the lives of the people there. But one thing that hit me square in the face in the, this conversation was the number of regional conflicts around the globe right now and the way that our foreign policy has led us to the precipice of a number of global i i, I want to say global disasters if we're not managing these things right we're going to be in for a world of hurt and my background um, provides you know over 20 years of national defense and foreign policy experience and in truth i i don't think you're going to find that in a lot of the career politicians or the traditional profile you see run where they're coming out of a state legislature or they've gone to become a lobbyist. So they know how to work the angles and work deals, but maybe they don't have the same perspective on the risks uh, related to our foreign policy decisions. We're talking with Chris Banweg, who's running for Congress. Um, so talk a little bit about, man, what it's been like um, so far on the trail. I mean, it's a huge undertaking, of course. And, you know, many people who are listening may have never, you know, done anything like that before. Um, talk a little bit about what it's been like since you got into the race. Now, it, when I described it to my kids, I said, this is going to be like a deployment. And they know what that means. I said, I'll still live here, but I will not be home. If we're going to do this right, and that was before they said, yes, do it. I wanted them to understand what it would mean. So it's been on the road every day, every night, a couple times a night, because as I said in the beginning, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be done right. If I'm going to represent the near 800,000 people of this district, I need to know where they're at and what is important to them. I don't want to trust a poll or you know a narrative to tell me what the most important things are. So it's busy, but it's also incredibly rewarding to hear from people um, what's on their mind, what their priorities are, and how much they appreciate somebody who's coming in as a citizen legislator. You know, somebody who I have every intent to go back to my job after at most a couple of terms, and that'll be up to the voters. But I'm not going to DC to be a career politician. I want to work, go there, provide solutions that are going to create a better environment for the families that live in our communities that I'm gonna go back to and have to live in. To me, that's what it should be about. And I see the excitement in the people that I've met with about new leadership in DC, leadership that has that attitude. And I'm seeing it pop up in a lot of other candidates, people who are coming grassroots, 
outsider candidates who maybe didn't get groomed by the system for this. And honestly, I think that that's going to be refreshing for us, both as Ohio 13 and as a nation. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's fast forward here. Uh, let's say, you know, you, you win, you win the nomination and you get elected. Um, what's your priorities? So give me three, two or three of your uh, top priorities should you get to Washington? Uh, again, good good question and clear in that one, I hope I don't have to still deal with it when I get to Washington, but the most imminent threat we have today is the open border. And it feeds the challenges we have in our communities, particularly in Northeast Ohio. Before the open border, the border crisis that we have, I would have told you that you know, it's the economy, jobs, inflation, the cost of everything in our community, from the cost of a box of Cheerios to the fact that today uh, you've got to make about $100,000 a year as a young family to afford a home, whereas three years ago it was about $60,000. The hidden tax of inflation is eating us alive. But right now, the border is the biggest challenge we've got because we're we are allowing risk into our communities in the form of illicit drugs, um, criminals, potentially terrorists, it has been validated. And that makes our communities unsafe. Now, I can tell you to connect it to the economic side, even the less like uh, scary part of it is when you bring in folks who are going to flood your working population, it's going to drive down the average wage. And in a normal set of circumstances, we would be managing immigration to the point at which it wouldn't upset the apple cart, turn over our employment uh, world. But the way it's happening today, the average working American is going to be competing against somebody who may be getting, you know, his $5,000 visa card. Well, he can work for a lot less and maybe it's under the table, maybe it's over the table, but he can accept a lower wage because he's getting a stipend from the government to just be here and settle. And that may sound like a, a fanciful idea, but I watched the same thing happen during the Syrian refugee crisis when the refugees went to live in Jordan and there ended up being more non-Jordanians in Jordan than there were Jordanians. And they were, sub the refugees there, the displaced people were um, subsidized by you know food and a a payment to keep them and their families floating. And they were not supposed to go work in the economy, but they did. And they could accept a half wage and still you know, live because they had their stipend, but it eliminated or reduced the jobs that the Jordanian citizens could have because you know they didn't get a stipend and they had to compete with that lower wage. So I think there's a lot coming out of the border and the crisis we've got going on there. And I, I'm not even diving into the fentanyl and the human trafficking that we've already heard a lot about. Now, second, I'll link it into, it is the economy. It is having jobs that could support a family. It is cutting the spending, stopping the excess so that we can control inflation. So that the wage you earn represents your ability to buy at least the basics in life. I think, Statistics came out just this week that just to buy the basics, an average family is now spending over $1,000 more per month. And for somebody who's making over $100,000, maybe that's painful. But for somebody who's making you know, thirty dollars to $60,000 a year, that's a huge impact. So when we talk about my priorities, one, I hope I don't have to deal with it because we've already fixed it by then, but it, it's the border crisis. Two, is our economy, is the inflation and jobs in Northeast Ohio. And then third, I would say it's probably crime and justice. And I, I put those two things together because it's about public safety. We've got to be able to believe in our criminal justice system. We have to have you know, law enforcement supported so that they can do their job and do it well. We also need to address you know, issues of breaking the law, whether it be career criminals or somebody who's not a career criminal, right? We need to uphold the law so that people have a good expectation that they'll be treated fairly in their community. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, as we get ready to uh, wind down here, a couple more uh, 
two more questions. One, um, for people, like you said, you're you're not a career politician. This is this is a new experience for you. Serving isn't a new experience, but serving in this way is. Um, yeah. For people who are listening, who uh, may be thinking about doing the same, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say talk to the people around you, learn the system a little bit, and then prepare yourself. I, I think there are there are a lot of people who want to dip a toe into it and don't understand the burden that it will be and like the administrative maze that you have to navigate. And that's why I say prepare yourself, because if you know what you're getting into and you appreciate how much work it's going to be, you're much more likely to succeed in giving your best to the people you're trying to represent. And that second piece of go out and talk to them, know what you're offering. Um, too many people today are living in social media and they think they know what everybody's thinking. But when you get out there, you, you may find that it's different than what you've been hearing. And for me, you need to be able to represent all of the people that you're going to represent, not just a niche group that you feel particularly inclined to, right? That's what elected officials are supposed to do. That's America. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, last question here is something we periodically ask uh, people who are running for office just because of our own uh, uh, curiosity, just to get a little bit more of, of a taste of the personality of the person. If I had Chris Banwig's phone right now and I went to his Spotify, what's in yeah. his playlist? What are you, what are you listening uh, to? What's in your playlist? Give me a couple songs. Yeah. I'm going to open it up, but uh, Toby Mac, generally speaking. Okay. If it's a Toby okay. Mac song, I love it. Help is on the way is probably the last one that I've been listening to a lot. Uh-huh. It's an encouragement to me. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like Toby Mac. I like a, like, like a couple of his songs. Everything by Toby Mac is one of my favorite songs. That's right. Me. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Um, so, man, thank you so much. Uh, for coming on the show, man, spending time with us, and good luck on the campaign trail. And I appreciate it. And if your listeners want to learn more, I'm at Banweg, B-A-N-W-E-G-F-O-R, congress.com, and you can find me on Facebook and Twitter X as well. But thank yes, you, gentlemen, absolutely. for having me on today. Absolutely. I'm glad you did that, too. I usually I usually uh, give an opportunity for the candidate to plug that at the end, but I forgot for a second. So glad you did that. You're already picking up the ropes of of uh, yeah. this new world you're here for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Man. All right, stay tuned. We have more to come here on The Outlaws. These days, it seems like everybody's talking, but no one is actually listening to the things they're saying. Critical thinking isn't dead, but it's definitely low on oxygen. Join me, Kira Davis, on Just Listen to Yourself every week as we reason through issues big and small, critique our own ideas, and learn to draw our talking points all the way out to their logical conclusions. Subscribe to Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis, an FCB radio podcast on Apple, on Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Real talk. Real conversations. We got the heat. Give me the real. Hell yeah. This is the Outlaws Radio Show.
Welcome back, welcome back. You're listening to the Outlaws, and now is the time to show that we like to call tea time with Ro. Turn it up. I don't see no competition. The latest celebrity news and gossip. So you better ask permission. It's tea time with Ro on the Outlaws Radio Show. If you wanna roll with me. All right, y'all. So there's like actually a lot that this was going on, and we were kind of away for a while and I'm like oh my gosh I have so much to talk about but so let me just go ahead and start it off with we gonna talk about Beyonce first I know that the guys do not like to talk about her because they like to avoid the beehive um but we gonna go ahead and talk about this real quick so Beyonce did switch over to doing country music um and honestly, so there, I mean, I haven't heard them to her songs too much. I didn't listen to it, uh, the whole songs. But I do know that a couple of her fans wanted these songs played on a certain radio station. And the radio station was like, yeah, uh, we only play country music, et cetera, et cetera. And then literally within 24 hours, I tell you this, the Beehive does not play. They made sure that her songs were being played on that country, the country station. And it, it definitely, like, they made it happen in 24 hours. <laughs> well, I'm I'm like this. I don't see, I don't see it as that big of a deal. I mean, she's from the South. Um, If she's making country music, they should play it. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with the beehive on this one. So, so they ain't got to come for me. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Beyonce. I'm I'm pro Beyonce, and I the reason why I'm pro Beyonce just as an artist is because none of her albums sound the same anyway. So it doesn't surprise me that she's, you know, moving into a different genre. You know, and I it's probably just for this one album, right? Like if you look at all her solo albums, they're all none of you cannot say any of them really sound the same which speaks to sort of her versatility you know as a as an artist right so right. um i think i think it's actually pretty cool now you know that's not my my lane or my favorite genre of music so you know i probably not i'll, I'll probably listen eventually but i mean i'm not rushing to go listen to it now but I, it doesn't surprise me i think it just you know speaks to who she is more right like she she's always been somebody who's taken risk and decided to wait in the new waters and plus like you said dario it, it's part of who she is right she's southern right so what's the you know i think the country station refusing to play her music they were just being fuddy duddies anyway about right. it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like come on man like stop it all right yeah, next. I... okay so next um well, we are going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl uh, halftime show. I mean, you guys, and there is first, I would like to say uh, there was, before I get deep into everything, um, all the happy stuff, I do want to say, you know, that there was a shooting that happened uh, during the Super Bowl um, celebration parade. Uh, and there was a lot of people that were shot and killed. Yeah. Um, so uh, my condolences to those those families. Absolutely. Um, so now, um, during the halftime show, so let's start off with Usher uh, and Alicia Keys. Um, so a lot of people were like cracking on her. Well, because her voice cracked literally in the beginning of starting singing. And you can hear during their the the performance that her voice was a little, you know, raspy and cracking, but she sounded good. However, I think that a lot of people don't take into consideration that these celebrities are very much human. Um, you know, they do either strain their voices or they do actually get sick. I mean, wow, who knew? Like they they get sick. So maybe she's getting over a cold, but you know, she was doing her thing. Uh, following that, Usher, during their performance, he wrapped his arms around her and everybody's like, oh, her husband ain't going like that. You know, he going to making all kinds of memes and gifts about him. And he turns around and he was like, you know what? You guys are focused on the wrong stuff. Did you see that that dress was bigger than that stage? Like, 
Did you even see any of the performance? And I'm just like, you know what? Round of applause to him. I mean, I mean, I'm sure compared to what we've talked about before with with Usher, when Kiki and him, you know, <laughs> when that happened, you know, what her her baby daddy lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he um, he's a little handsy. Right. Yeah, he uh, did. He's... He warned everybody, watch a girl around me true playing for real. <laughs> no one spoke, but that was like 15 years ago. He spoke I mean, he stands a, on that grown ass. And now he, he just got married, too. He got married <laughs> during the Super Bowl weekend as well. He did. So, like, man, keep your hands away from other. Like, look, man, he just he ain't ran into the right one. And like, look, I got love for Usher. Usher is a part owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he wanted us as far as I'm concerned. I got love for Usher, but come on, man. You're a little too handsy, brother. You're a little too handsy. <laughs> I, 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 otherwise, other than that, I thought the performance was good. Um, the the game, which at first I wasn't even interested in watching. And I'm sorry, y'all. I know we got fans of Kansas City, but I just wasn't interested in the matchup, man. But I'm glad I watched it because it was a hell of a game. It was a really good game. Halftime show was good. Just everything was good. But Usher is a little too handsy. Dante, your thoughts on the halftime show and on the game itself? I thought the halftime show was pretty good. Uh, I was I was entertained. Um, I you know in the moment I was kind of like uh, I wasn't really feeling it. But you know who really who really got me there? I was a little hyped to see Alicia. She's always been a, a you know, a crush. I, I was kind of like, love Alicia Usher. yeah. But uh, she was pretty good, I thought. But then, uh, oh, and now her name is escaping me. Her, I thought her performance was. Oh, really when she cool. put the guitar. Yeah. When she yes. came out on the guitar, I was like, oh, you know, what I'm saying, like, I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, you know, bringing out Lil John was was pretty cool too. So, you know, I thought it was a pretty good halftime show all the way around, man. It was entertaining. I uh, you know, the game itself was was kind of wild, man. I, I you know, it started very very slow as Super Bowls tend to do, and then it you know it really picked up, man. It was one of those games, like you know, won and lost in the margins. I thought it was it was a very very interesting game, especially you know in the second half. Uh. It, it was a fun game, and it still has people talking, right? Overtime rules, overtime mm-hmm. strategy, going for it on fourth down, right? All the stuff. I think that Super Bowl had pretty much everything that we wanted um, or that we could want in the Super Bowl, right? It was a good game, two evenly matched teams, no real controversy as far as, like, who the winner was or should have been, um, strategy conversations. The refs didn't involve themselves, and it was a good halftime show. So I think all around it was a W for the NFL. So I gotta ask you this before we go to Robin's last topic. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to my homeboy, um, who who also tends to, you know, in, enjoy the game a little bit by, you know, some little extracurricular activities. And but he was like, he he wasn't putting no money on the game because the odds makers had it so close. Like I think it was like Kansas City plus two or something. Yeah, Did you, she's closing you, the two point underdog. Yeah, did you put any uh, you put any money on it? I had I had some some different wagers. Um, the the best one obviously was uh getting Kansas City as an underdog. Um, I didn't take them to win the game, just take them as an underdog to cover. They won outright, so um, there was that one. But I had season long uh, or futures on both sides, so it wasn't something that I I was gonna win either way because I had a a Super Bowl future on the Niners and I had a Super Bowl future on the Chiefs. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't need to to really do much because I was going to walk away with, from the game with something anyway because I had already, um, I think I want to say in November, I placed the Chiefs' future because, I was, I mean, it was, they had lost a couple games that maybe they should have won and, you know, they were kind of struggling and people were like, hmm, they're going to have to go on a roll. So they were, the market was kind of down on them. So I played them and I had, I've had a Niners ticket all year. So I didn't really need to do much. Um in that game. But yeah, yeah, it was a, if you like, sure. if, if you're a believer that, you know, the better quarterback should always, you know, if you get points with the better quarterback, just take them, you know, that was a, you know, a, a game for you. You got the chiefs as underdogs in three straight games to close the season. 
Right. So so you made out you made out all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a good <laughs> season and a good close season. And I was very I, again, I, I thought the game was fantastic, man. I, I it was a good game. Time. It was better than I thought it was gonna be, actually. Absolutely. And it, uh, well, I was I, I kind of believed that the 49ers were the best team in the NFC all year. So they, you know, should have been there in the Chiefs. I mean, you know, you got the best coach and the best quarterback in the in the, you know, maybe in the league. So I mean they, you know, they're obviously one of the best too. And now the people are gonna talk about Mahomes as being one of the greatest. Right. Robin, Matt. So before I jump off of that topic, actually, I have to say, did you guys see Jermaine Dupree socks? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? He tried to he tried to clean it up instead of looking like old school girl. He was like, uh uh-uh, uh, don't play with me. And then show I think they were Louis Vuitton. Yeah, they're Louis Vuitton socks. And it's like Louis Vuitton, just because they're Louis Vuitton does not take away the fact that it looks think- like you got little frillies around your <laughs> I think they're like five hundred dollars. Those are like five hundred dollars. So what? You like still? Got, I can buy the same looking socks, and they got little frillies. Listen, I wore those <laughs> as a little girl. It's not in that brand. <laughs> <laughs> no, people was clowning JD, man. <laughs> Listen, I mean, yeah. I don't know. But he did. He had to, he had to stun. He like, hold on, now, nah. and he showed he showed the side where it said Louis Vuitton, and I think somebody looked it up. I think those those socks are like. They're like four hundred ninety-five, five hundred dollars, something like that. I just sent a picture just so you guys, the, you know, you guys can see in the group chat on Instagram, uh, a prime example of what people were clowning him about. You have to go yeah, look. They, they made it look like it was like one of them little, uh, like one of those uh, uh, baby dolls. <laughs> 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 it's the cartoon character with the big old head. <laughs> <laughs> they need to leave, leave JD alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave him alone. That's 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 one of listen, listen, that's one of the uncles. All right, we go, we go. Okay, <laughs> but uh, so next, uh, so Kanye West has actually been pretty quiet lately. Um, you know, kind of to himself. I mean, I mean, outside of I think him and his daughter actually created a song uh, just recently too, but um. He dropped an entire album, actually. Him and Ty Dolla Sign. They dropped an album, um, and I think it's called Vultures. And probably within just a day or so after dropping it, um, Apple Music actually removed the entire album. And it's like basically, so is it like is this 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 is whole the cancel culture kind of thing? Just because you know of what happened prior, like you know I don't... I don't know I don't know I've been um I've been trying to figure that out I heard about that um but I, yeah I don't I don't know I don't know so it says by th- to see, the album was removed from Apple Music and iTunes Rolling Stone also reported uh Yuga am I saying that right F-U-G-A uh, which Uga? is a music distributor distributor told the news that they declined to work with uh work with Kanye just last year, um uh, but they they he up they uploaded the album anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing, man. Kanye said a lot of wild, disrespectful things, and um, he's trying to you know I heard him apologize on a on a post that he made on Instagram a while back, but, you know, he got to make amends, man. I mean, well, right. I mean, and he does, but that's going to take some time, but also at the same yeah. point, it's like, what if Kanye just comes out and he just creates his own platform? That would be, that would be something big and different because honestly, during the can, you know, with cancel culture and, you know, just these big companies, a lot of these companies, like they may never forgive you. I mean, for prime example, like, you know, look at Chris Brown, you know, he's a lot of the, um, a lot of these places won't work with Chris Brown, you know, he'll never be able to perform like at a Super Bowl kind of thing, like type of thing. Like once you, once you reach that level, it's like, can you get back there? Mm-hmm. Okay, so all right, I see what happened. All right, so I'm reading. Um, he did get a new uh distributor, so 
what happened was the reason why it was pulled off of Apple tune, Apple Music and iTunes was because of the distributor. So okay. uh, the distributor didn't want to put out his music. So they removed it. And I guess apparently it's back on now, now that he uh, he got another label. So so he went and switched it over. Okay, yeah. cool. Because I'm like, like, is it due to, like, and it's due to what he had went through and what he had said uh, last year? Then. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it has a lot to do with it. And once again, I mean, it, <laughs> he didn't <laughs> say the stuff he said. Also, he has another issue. Um, on Wednesday, Spotify removed the song Good Don't Die from Vultures after Donna Summer's estate complained it sampled the singer's work without permission. So, you know, he, he has a couple of issues on this uh, album, but um, they said the song Carnival is number one on Spotify's Daily Top Songs global chart. Ooh. And uh, the song Burn and F something, <laughs> guess he's not doing gospel music anymore, F something are also... <laughs> In the top 20. <laughs> um, so, you, you got anything else? You're good. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I might actually be good. Yeah. I'm good. All right. Um, Dante, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't really think anything that happens to Kanye is cancel culture. Um, I mean, if, if a platform says we, we like your brand hurts us or what you've done in the past can hurt us and we don't want you or anything to do with you on our platform. Like, I mean, I don't really think that's cancel culture. I mean, I, you know, I personally would feel the same, not necessarily in Kanye's situation, but just like, I mean, if somebody came on our show, I wouldn't want to have somebody on my platform if they said racist things about, you know, black people. Right. Um, and I don't right. think that would be like, right. uh, for example, if I own, if I was a CEO of Apple or I was a large shareholder in Apple, um, large enough shareholder to make a difference, um, if you was a, if you were a musician and you had things negative things to say about black people, your music ain't coming on my platform. Correct. I don't. I'm not about to. You're not about to make money off my platform, and you done said disrespectful things about my people. So like I, you know, person, and I don't think that's cancel culture. I just think like. I mean, hey, you—you you obviously don't want to be on my platform. You don't—you got these feelings toward toward people that look like me. So, you know that, you know that's you know that's Kanye's bit. I mean, if he he apologized for those things, so you know, right before the album dropped, of course, which was right. you know very interesting timing of you know right, right when the apology <laughs> was coming out. It was when the apology went viral. It was like okay, so why is he doing this now right and everybody's like oh he's he's probably back on his medication it's like no man Kanye you know Kanye's not stupid he knows what he knows right so he he decided to to play buddy buddy so far to one side and then came back and was like oh shoot I kind of oh oh shoot all those label execs and all these you know bad people I was talking about oh I kind of need them so let me apologize, mm -hmm. right? Let me try to get let me try to get back in good graces, and you know people don't forget so quickly and easily, man. Right, <laughs> right. Especially, true, true. Especially when you say something like that, and that's that's always been my argument as well. We'll close on this, um, Dante. Is I, I totally agree. Like when people say, "Hey, you know, he's being canceled because he said something bad about Jewish people, and this Jewish person didn't like it." I'm like, dude, you couldn't come on our platform and say something anti-black. <laughs> I'm not going to let yep. you be on this platform and trash black people. Why do you think that you should be able, that that your Jewish manager, that you mad at your Jewish manager for dropping you because you said something against Jewish people? Yep. Dude, what are we talking about? Yep. <laughs> Are you so oh, that's cancel culture. It's like, no, man, these people don't want to be associated with you no more because you, you heart, you, you harming them. You trash like, the about, people don't want like, to. Yeah, like you, you, you not as you not as lucrative financially as you think you are, especially not anymore, right? No, Adidas, show, uh, Adidas showed you that, and yeah, man, like as creative as you are and as as incredible as you are in that creative space, you know, you ain't above it. 
right? Because that's what you are. And a lot of these guys, man, they forget what they actually are. Yep. Kanye is not super dynamic in terms of finance or business. He's talent. He's talent. And that's right. Okay. And a lot of times people get out of try to get out of their lane, try yeah. to do the, you know, oh, I'm bigger than music. Oh, I'm bigger than X, Y, and Z. Or I, I, you know, I'm the business myself. It's like actually, you know, you need partners and you need distributors and you need people to to help you do X, Y, and Z. Because at the end of the day, he's talent. Exactly. And talent needs to be managed and talent needs to be distributed. And that's not his area of expertise. And, you know, don't piss off people that you need to, <laughs> to, to distribute and manage your talent. And then go and then get mad at them when they get ready. <laughs> so exactly. Oh, and they canceled me. Yeah. No, they don't want to do business with you. Right. Like, come on, man. Like, like, stop it. All right, on that note, stay tuned. You're going to hear more from Dante coming up next here on The Outlaws. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Now is the time of the show that we like to call Dante's Hot Takes. Telling the truth, whether you like it or not, is Dante's Hot Takes on the Outlaws Radio Show. All right. So we have a situation going on in Cleveland here where the Cleveland Browns want either a new stadium or they want Cleveland Brown Stadium to be renovated and updated. The problem is, is as it is in all, you know, cities that have pro sports, who's going to pay for it? Usually, the team and the ownership group has so much leverage that it's not even really a discussion. You know, the city can push back a little bit, but usually, like what we see in Oklahoma City for the Thunder, they're building a new $900 million arena for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the ownership group is paying $50 million while the taxpayer is going to put $850 million of the bill. The city of Cleveland is very different because the Haslams have proposed a 50-50 deal where they would put up half of the money still not on the building of course but they would put up half of the money and the city would have to come up you know with financing for the rest right you of course we, we know that would be through through taxing uh as of right now the city of cleveland is kind of pushing back and we're sort of at an impasse to the point where the haslams have made a leverage play and are looking into, I don't know if that, that buy that purchase of 160, uh, 176 acres of land in Brook park, which is not in the city of Cleveland, it's a suburb uh, has gone through or if, if that was something that they were looking at, but um, they could be looking to take the Browns outside of the city of Cleveland, which would be a disaster. So, Let's point the finger where it needs to be pointed, and that's at the mayor's office, who doesn't seem to understand, A, the economic disaster that it would be if the Browns left the city of Cleveland. He also doesn't understand, from a business standpoint, that someone with leverage, like the Browns and the Haslams have here, don't often or ever offer a 50-50 deal when they don't have to. 
because here again, the dirty secret about pro sports is it's not really a negotiation. The Browns leaving the city would be devastating from a tax standpoint. It would be, they would still be in the area. They would still be in the region. But Sundays, not having the Browns in Cleveland, not only is it a tax problem for the city, it's also a depression level problem for local bars, restaurants, and different businesses that profit and benefit from the Browns being in Cleveland uh, eight or nine times a year. Um, so the city of Cleveland is trying to play hardball where they have absolutely no leverage. The Haslam's are giving you an out here. They are trying by saying, we will put up half of the funds here, which again, if you follow pro sports or if you just follow this from a business standpoint, they don't need to do that. They have all of the leverage because they can move outside of the city. They can go to Brook Park. They could try to find land elsewhere. They All they would really would need to do is to stay in the region. They have the money to foot the bill to go somewhere else. So the problem that I see with you know, the mayor is I don't think he fully understands the economic impact that this would have. I don't think that he understands from a morale standpoint on uh, from this based on like the city of Cleveland. I, I don't think he has a fundamental understanding of, of how serious this is and how serious the Haslam's are here. Um, I don't think this is a threat um, because let's just be honest, the, the stadium does need to be renovated. We can look back and in, in the night in the late nineties and say, okay, they just threw the, you know, they just threw Cleveland Brown stadium together and, you know, hindsight is 2020, but you, you, you can't look back 25 years in the past and blame anybody that was involved with that project because they were just so desperate to get the team back. But 25 years later, almost 30 years later, it's time for, for renovations or a, a new stadium with a dome because that will also generate revenue for the city of Cleveland who would still own the building which is the most important part here. So they just had a Beyonce concert last summer at Four Field in Detroit. You can do stuff like that here in the wintertime, right? Right now, Cleveland Browns Stadium is home to the Cleveland Browns for eight games, maybe nine, depending on the schedule per year. And that's pretty much all we use it for. You know, sometimes you may have a hockey game or a high school football game there. That's about it. If the city's going to own the building, why not be able to use the building for more stuff all year round? You're paying for it regardless. You might as well get your money's worth. You're going to get a final four here. Do you know what's happened to every single team that's built a dome stadium? They got a Super Bowl. And Cleveland has the infrastructure as we've had the RNC, we've had NBA All-Star Weekend, we've had the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. You have the infrastructure to host the Super Bowl. If you build a dome stadium, you're going to get one in the next seven years. That state, all of that is going to pay for itself. So I just want people in the city and I want the mayor's office to see the forest from the trees here and say, this is much bigger than just we got to hold these billionaires accountable. This is so much bigger than that. This is a revenue play that will benefit the city for the next 30 years, maybe. Go ahead, Dario. Yeah. Um, I agree with every syllable <laughs> of what you said. Um, you know, this, the Browns moving to the suburbs cannot happen. It would be a major blow uh, to the city. I think it's important to keep these three major teams in the city. Um, you and and then and let me just address this this part real quick, and then we gonna close. So 
you hear a lot of people saying we shouldn't give any tax dollars to the stadiums and the rich, the rich billionaires and blah 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 blah. I want to make a couple of points. One, first of all, like Dante mentioned, the city of Cleveland owns the building. The Browns are pitted. So the fact that they're that they're willing to put up half of the money and still not own the building in and of itself says a lot about their desire to stay in the city of Cleveland. Second of all, the only reason you have a Browns and that they're not the Baltimore Browns, which is what Art Modell was originally going to do, the reason why you still have the Cleveland Browns is because the city sued the team for breaking the lease. That's how you got the team back. So without the city owning the building and being able to have a say via the lease, you're screwed. Thirdly, there's a law, there was a state law that was passed after our model did what he did that essentially said any team that takes public money before they can move outside of the state, before they can move that team somewhere else outside of the state, they have to first negotiate in good faith with the city that they're located in. And if that doesn't work, they have to negotiate in good faith with a to sell it to a willing buyer who's willing to keep it in the same city before they can consider moving. That's how the Haslam's got the Columbus crew. They own the Columbus crew. They got that because the ownership was getting ready to move the Columbus crew, the major league soccer team, from Columbus to Austin, Texas. And because of state law, Jimmy Haslam and his team was able to swoop in and get control of that team and buy the team. Do you think, obviously, if someone who's already benefited from that law, you think they don't know how that law works? So let's say they have enough money. They, they're billionaires already, and they just made $10 billion more from selling from the, the sale of pilot Flying J going through. If they were to say, all right, you know what? Screw it. The city doesn't want to play ball. We're going to move to Brook Park, and we're going to pay for it ourselves with no tax money. Guess what happens then? You can't tell them nothing. You could be 10 or 15 years away from the from the Nashville Browns or the Chattanooga Browns, if that were the case. The only leverage, since Dante was talking about leverage, the only leverage that you have is the fact that you own the stadium and the fact that you've given them tax money. Because that's how the state law kicks in. So if you force them to leave and go to a stadium where they pay for it all by themselves, they can do whatever the hell they want to do. So people need to think a little clearly. They need to be a little smarter. Stop being so damn stupid. Oh, we don't need to give this money to these fat cats. You'll be sitting there looking stupid and the team say, all right, you know what, screw it. We out. That money that you give to them teams is the only leverage that you have with those teams. Dante, last words and let them know how to follow you. Yeah, I just want to let it be known that any sports fan um, that lives in a major city that has pro sports, um, you, you have to pay to play. You have to pay something in order to play. Um, th these leagues uh, are billion-dollar entities, and these franchises are billion-dollar entities. Um, you're gonna you're gonna pay something. You're either gonna pay and keep them there, or you're gonna pay the taxes to you know cover the revenue that was lost. So 
Uh, Because let me tell you something. If the Browns were to leave the city of Cleveland and go to Brook Park, uh, if you live in the city of Cleveland, your taxes are going to go up. They just are. Because there's going to be a massive, massive hole in the budget. So, you know, you got to pay to play. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Haslam's are saying, you don't even have to pay as much, right? We're not going to do you like other other cities do, right? Because we don't need to. The, The Haslam's and Dan Gilbert specifically have done tremendous work in the city of Cleveland, tremendous work in the city of Cleveland with their with with their dollars. So they're not even doing you like they could do you. Right. The Haslam's could say, you know what, we want a new stadium and we don't want the city to, and we don't want to pay for none of it. They could do that because certain certain cities have, have had to go through that. And guess what? Most of the time, cities are going to say, okay, we'll do it. Otherwise, otherwise you're going to get situations like uh you're, you're just not going to have pro sports in that city right it's going to be the the cleveland browns that play in brook park or uh you know I, I know in detroit it was a bit it was a big problem when the detroit pistons were in auburn hills right like and now they're you know they're finally back now but you know certain things just, you know we talked about this off the air but it's like are any of the pro sports teams actually in dallas right we know the, the cowboys are in arlington right it, so and that certain cities can can handle that. The city of Cleveland cannot. So recognize where your leverage is, understand that, and also understand that you're gonna pay one way or another. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Tabry, T-A-E-B-R-Y-E. Miss O'Malley. You can follow me on Instagram at Real Robin O'Malley and Facebook at Robin O'Malley. And you can follow me at D the Kingpin everywhere. That's D T H E K I N G P I N. One more time. Thank you to Chris Bandwick for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We are out of here. See you next time. Peace. This has been a presentation of the FCB Podcast Network, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbpodcasts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.